to another episode of the Canadian Space Society podcast. Um, today's a very exciting episode. I have Dr. Brashadi Patel with me. She is an astrophysicist, science communicator, educator, and researcher based in London, Ontario. She received her master's and PhD in astronomy and planetary science and exploration from Western. She's now a research professor there in education. She also co-founded Women of Color in STEAM. She acts as a science consultant for children's books, produces podcasts, public events, workshops, camps, pretty much everything. Uh, she also did a very cool series recently on astrophotography on her Instagram, which I thought was super exciting. Uh, I've yet to get a camera and, and test those out. Uh, but thank you so much, Prasadi, for being here um, with us today. Thank you for having me. I'm really excited to be here talking to you. Okay, so let's just dive in. I have a bunch of really exciting questions for you um, just to get to know you better uh, and to help students perhaps who are listening to this podcast um, who might be looking up to you and to get inspired from your narrative. So the first thing that I want to ask you is, um, were you interested in space as a child or was it something that you developed an interest for over time? Yeah, so I actually, I was born and brought up in India, and uh, I didn't really have access to night sky as I was growing up, up until my teenage years. Uh, I I was really into sciences and, you know, like just learning from books. I was very much into that. I'm also coming from a time before the internet. <laughs> so I was very much into the, to the idea of like just, you know, getting more books and learning about different things from around the world. Uh, could be planets, could be, you know, just about the other countries. I think my um, my my interest peaked into space when I first uh, went to uh, Mumbai, which is one of the major cities in India. Uh, they have a planetarium there, and we were trying to do touristy things. And uh, my parents took me to the planetarium. We we saw the uh, saw the show and like everything um, in the museum, and. I just had a lot of questions and <laughs> my, my parents couldn't answer them because none of them knew anything about space. They're, they're, you know, one is from a microbiology background, the other one is a business person. So they didn't really know anything. And so they ended up buying me uh, some books from the bookstore at the, the planetarium. And so I brought them home. I just was, you know, taking my time to learn uh, through it. And, and I just, loved it so much I ended up kind of just asking for more books and my parents were always you know good about me studying rather than watching tv so they kept <laughs> buying me more and more books and um, I ended up uh, you know with a whole huge stack of like astronomy books and I think I I liked it enough at that time to just learn about it but I did not know that I wanted to make it a career until uh, my aunt who lived in Canada at that time she she asked my mom, you know, what should we get for partially? We're coming to visit you. And my mom was like, oh, books should be fine. She likes space for some reason. So instead of buying me a book, my aunt actually got me a small telescope. So, you know, that idea of just seeing the night sky with my own telescope on my own terrace uh, back home in India, even though, uh, you know, the skies aren't as great as what you would find here. Uh, that actually made me think that, no, this is something that is cool. Like, I want to learn more about it. I want to do this for my life. Yeah, that sounds super exciting. I think a lot of people are, you know, kind of initially fascinated um, in their childhood, and then they kind of learn more about it. And then, you know, they make it into their career. And it's interesting, because 
breaking into the space sector, I think is a little bit tricky for a lot of people. Um, so it's really cool to hear that. Okay, so the next thing that I want to ask you is um, the thing that fascinates me most about you is that you're able to combine your passion for teaching um, with science and astronomy. So how did you do this? How did you find that you like both of these fields and how do you integrate them together now? Yeah, that's a great question. So I actually did not start off, you know, I did my undergrad at University of Toronto, I moved to Western to do my master's, I, I fully intended to go into PhD, and then going to like the normal route that people talk about, you know, when you do a PhD, uh, is to kind of go and, you know, into postdoctoral position, and then, you know, find a professorship somewhere, and you keep doing the research for the rest of your life kind of thing. <laughs> uh, so I, I definitely had that in mind when I when I got into master's. But at the tail end of my master's, I started volunteering for the podcast, which I ended up kind of uh, producing and, and uh, running for, for a lot of years. Uh, and, and that kind of gave me this, you know, newfound way of kind of sharing my passion. And uh, it wasn't actually that thing, though, that kind of said that, you know, I should be teaching. What really got me into uh, kind of just talking about space and getting into classrooms was with that, you know, producing and developing that a podcast I actually because it was a TA ship it turned into a TA ship like six months later and because it was kind of a paid position I had to do other things too and that included going into classrooms going um, you know and doing public events talking to people about why space is amazing and like you know why I'm so excited about space and that is kind of when I started feeling, oh, this is something that is, you know, A, I have the skills for that. I actually did not have it them in start. I did not like talking to public <laughs> or just standing up in front of a class and talking to like, you know, a bunch of kids. And I did not like doing that at, at the start. I found it very um, nerve wracking. And I know like a lot of students probably listening to this might be thinking that, oh, yeah, like, you know, that's the kind of feeling uh, you get when you're standing in front of a room of 100 people. Uh, but I ended up doing so many of those uh, throughout my PhD. It ended up being that I was part of not only the program that I now run, but also another program at the uh, at the observatory at Western. And so, you know, I was part of multiple programs that actually gave me the skills to to do teaching. And and I realized closer to the end of my PhD that you know now I have to make a decision whether I want to go for a postdoc or what else do I want to do with my life. And actually, that's when I asked my supervisors and my advisory committee, which you have throughout your PhD, and I, I asked them, what do you think I'm good at? And, and they were like, well, you're great at outreach and you're great at, you know, talking to people, doing these amazing events, talking to students. And I said, okay, so, you know, it's a year before I can graduate. And so I said, what else can I do? And I said, uh, you know, let me go and ask people if anyone would hire me to combine my <laughs> love for talking <laughs> and teaching uh, with with science. And, you know, I'm lucky enough that my PhD was in space and I was able to find position right after my PhD, right kind of where I started uh, my my outreach journey. So so I'm glad to now be able to combine teaching and science on everyday basis. So what does your average day look like um, as a science communicator and educator? I, I know you have your own podcast as well, and you've talked about um, all the workshops and all the work that you do, but what exactly do you do on an everyday basis? Or is it something that's different every day? 
it's actually very different on everyday basis uh, because, you know, one day I might be uh, basically preparing for a major event. So, for example, you know, if I have a public event coming up on the weekend, I'm preparing like all the supplies, I'm getting all the volunteers ready, uh, making sure, you know, everything is in, in, uh, in place for that event uh, at the location. But on the other days, I'm probably just, you know, in a classroom. So I visit a lot of schools, uh, almost close to we do 100 events a year. So, you know, sometimes I'm in the classroom full day, you know, nine to three, uh, talking to the kids about different aspects of space. Uh, some days I am, uh, you know, talking to the media, depending on what's happening, you know, in space. The other days I'm sometimes in the office actually just sitting and organizing uh, the upcoming week or upcoming month. Um, for the activity. So it's very varied. And, and I like that aspect because, you know, it doesn't look the same every day. My, my one day from the other is very different. And I get to uh, interact with not only students, undergrads, graduate students at Western and other universities, but also, uh, you know, elementary students and teachers and other organization uh, leads and, and things like that. So it's a very, very varied position. Yeah. And so leading from that, what is your favorite part about your job? That's a very, <laughs> very tricky question. <laughs> yeah. Different aspect that I absolutely love. But I think one thing uh, that that kind of made me want to keep doing what I was doing, even when I was in grad school, was the fact that when I'm talking to students or when I'm talking to educators or parents or families at public events, what I really like what gets me motivated is that they're they're learning something new and they're like oh my god i did not know about that oh my god that is so exciting uh, and you know like that twinkle in people's eyes or students eyes is kind of what keeps me going and i i like that uh, you know it's almost like i'm making an effort to explain someone something and they get it is kind of my favorite part because once they get it you can see how you know how it changes their their uh, thoughts of space or, or whatever topic i'm talking about so i think that i would say is is a favorite part of my uh, i guess forward facing part of my job yeah that i can imagine that being a very beautiful feeling is when someone understands finally understands what you're, <laughs> what you're trying to explain and and they're ins actually inspired by it so that's that's exciting i just learned something from you there as well so so that's awesome um okay so i want to ask you um what is one space problem that you would love to see solved within your lifetime Wow, that's another really great question. <laughs> I've thought about this for so long and I wish like I had all the tools and, you know, um, things to be able to solve. But I think if you look at like a very, very grand scale, I, I don't think uh, I would call that a problem, but I think I would call that uh, just a curiosity is like, I would really want to know if there are aliens like us. <laughs> like, yeah. that's, that's one thing like that would make me so excited is to just find something um, that looks like that's intelligent life that looks like us or, you know, in some shape or form is more intelligent than us, you know, uh, just kind of learning that I think that is something and that kind of brings back to our um to ourselves, because, you know, we want to know where we come from and how did we come into being. But also at the same time, we know so much about the universe that and we know that so much of what we are made of is what's what's universe made of. So, you know, it's it's very weird to think that there might not be anything out there. So I think that is one problem that I would love to solve for people. 
Yeah, that would be really cool. I think, yeah, I always answer that as well. And and that's kind of why I asked this question too, is because I love hearing what people would like to say. And a couple of people have mentioned the same thing is to say that, you know, it would be amazing to find life or even like biomarkers or something, you know, something that kind of puts us out of this, you know, existential wondering of why we're here and what are we doing? So uh, that'd be cool. Yeah. Okay. So Next up, I want to ask you, so since this podcast is about Canadians in space um, and really trying to highlight, you know, um, Canada's position in space. So what is the greatest challenge or barrier that you see um, in the Canadian space industry or within Canadian space policy, if there are any? Yeah, I think uh, one of the things I I wouldn't say anything about, like the space industry aspect, because, you know, I have I'm almost, I I would say, even though I've run like events and stuff that if people could categorize as a business, I would think because I'm part of like an academic institution, um, I'm very much an academic person in many ways. I wouldn't really say anything about industry because I haven't really worked in that aspect. I think one thing for Canada would be, um, which I know is kind of everywhere, but being a woman of color uh, and as an immigrant, I think we really need to, uh, to make sure that we bring in diversity um in the space you know just in in the field in canada i think uh there are first of all a very small number of women in this kind of field and then more to that if you look for people of color you have you've kind of you know run down the numbers to maybe you know in like if you count the entire canada maybe tens or uh maybe not even hundreds of them right and 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 I really like to would like to see that you know there is more diversity into into Canadian space field in general, and and I think there are people there are tons of uh, immigrant students there are tons of um, or immigrants who are student age or even people who are in industry who would love to you know uh, move on move on into a space field and you know just I want to make sure even with the women of color in STEAM Canada. Um, uh, grassroots organization that we have, I think our idea is to showcase that we can do it and it doesn't really matter in space field or otherwise. It's the idea that you want to bring in diversity and, and you know, we have that that power and capability to be able to do that. So I think that is that is one challenge that I personally um, feel that we really need to address. And, and I know that a lot of organizations are working on it, um, but I think that would be something that I personally thought would be a, a great challenge that we should kind of overcome in the next couple, uh, couple of years or even a decade. Yeah, that'd be awesome. So the next thing is now you're, uh a complete, you know, high achiever, you have all these amazing accomplishments that I mentioned in the intro. Um, So what is the number one advice that you would like to give young people who might be a little bit lost or unsure right now, especially in the times that we're living in these days? So what's the advice that you would give them, uh, regardless of their industry or their field of interest? I think I have a couple, <laughs> more than one. And that's just because we are living in, in uh, right now, in the this uncertain times, 2020 is definitely going to be one of those years. Uh, so I think there are a couple of things. If you are a student looking into, uh, looking to get into space, uh, depending on what field you're interested, if you're interested in astronomy, just like I was, I think one advice I would say would be definitely learn coding. I did not learn that. When I was in undergrad, um, 
until year three. And I, I'm sure that I had lost many opportunities to do a lot of research just because of the fact that I did not know that. So that would be something that, uh, you know, who is aspiring in, to go into astronomy. I think that was, that is something that I would advise, but even if, um, you are just looking, you know, right now in these times, uh, I think there are a couple of things that can be really helpful. One is choose and go into the field that you're really passionate about. And that will actually help you to, you know, survive no matter what's thrown at you. And, you know, when people go through PhD, you may ask a lot of people, they will describe there were obstacles, there were tons of things that comes your way that you are just, you know, you're just bumped by the end of the day being like, I don't think I can do this. But what really kept, keeps you going is is your passion. And, you know, the fact that you really want to want to do it. And this is what you dreamed about. So passion kind of pushes you to persevere through whatever you're going through. So I think, um, during this time, you may have to, you know, take up something else, you may have to do something that you did not plan to, but don't let the passion go away uh, because of that. And, and that will actually help you to persevere through, um, through whatever you plan to do it doesn't really have to be in space. It's a very, very general, um, you know, advice that I would like to to give from my experience. That's amazing advice. I think a lot of people would definitely uh, benefit from that and hopefully be, you know, inspired to kind of continue uh, working towards their passion or if they're still discovering it, um, you know, to persevere regardless of what's happening around us. So um, thanks for that. So now, um, you know, while talking about science and space is great, I think the next best topic uh, that one can chat about is food. And I know that you're a big foodie, um, and so am I. So I want to conclude this podcast by asking you a fun question, and that is, what is your favorite food? Wow, okay. This is, uh, again, it's a tricky question. <laughs> and that's because, you know, being a foodie, it's very hard to choose one over the other because I absolutely love everything. Um, and uh, I grew up in, in India, and I absolutely love Indian food like I am super crazy I make elaborate meals at home that takes two hours three hours sometimes but I cook them almost on everyday basis just because I love the food so much so I think as I'm, I'm a Gujarati so as a Gujarati I absolutely love um, you know there are three things <laughs> that I love one is dokla a lot of people who you know who may have heard of Indian Gujarati food may have heard of that <laughs> do really love mm -hmm. that um, <laughs> Handwo is another one, which is, it's like a, a savory cake, um, but uh, it's really, you know, good for health, uh, but that's another one of my favorite. Um, and then third, but, you know, I wouldn't say, it's not really Gujarati, but I absolutely love ice creams. Like kulfi is what we call in, in India. It's a very traditional way of making them uh, and I absolutely love them. I just, I just wish I could find that taste here in Canada that I find back home, but but I can make one at home and, and eat the whole bowl in a day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely. No, I think uh, that's so true. I've tried all three of those things. I loved Hokla. It's, it's so good. And it's so hard to describe actually what it is even. It's like a cake, like a fluffy cake almost. But then it's like savory and like um, very spongy. It's, it's, it's hard to even describe what it is to someone who's never tasted it, but it's so good. Yeah. 
Definitely. Yeah. yeah, that is something that I have, you know, I have got my friends to taste it and they they seem to love it. They don't know what's in it. They don't know how it's made, <laughs> but they love to have it. <laughs> yeah, and that seems to be the best kind of uh, kind of food is just try it and if it tastes good, just keep eating it. <laughs> True. Okay, awesome. Well, I had a lot of fun uh, chatting with you today, um, Prashadi. It was amazing. Thanks for taking the time out uh, to be here. Um, and I hope you had fun as well. Thank you for having me. I had a great time. I hope, uh, you know, students who are listening to this, uh, I would say, you know, kind of my parting message would be uh, just just stay passionate and um, and be curious. Yeah. And for anyone listening, feel free to, um, you know, add a Prashadi on Instagram um, or any other social platforms that you have. Uh, feel free to tell us about your podcast as well. Yeah, definitely. So our podcast is currently on hiatus, but it's coming back in the fall. <laughs> We're working on it right now. It's called Western Worlds. And it's a podcast where we talk about worlds but not just our own world but also other planets um exoplanets uh, basically everything about space very cool that sounds awesome um so thanks again for for being here um i had a lot of fun this is this is great thank you for having me thanks for listening see you next time bye